every morning, 5 a.m. every single day at the gym, even if I'm off. Um, because 5 a.m. 5 a.m. We open at 6.30, so sometimes I have to be wow. there then. You know, really simple, like where do you see your practice in five years? What opportunities do you create for growth in your practice? Or can you give me an example of somebody that has grown in roles within your practice? We finally got together. I know. It's only been a five-year relationship. Only. And yeah. It's probably one of the longest on Zen Supplies. Yeah. Um, it's been a good five years. At this point, I kind of just have everything set up and smooth sailing. It sounded for a second like at this point I'm ready to move on. I'm like, oh, no, my God. No, no. At this point, um, I feel so comfortable in the relationship. I don't have to think about it, which is good. That's amazing. There was something that you told me when we had a call. Uh, when was it? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. There was something that you told me that I basically made the whole, how do you say it? Like the, the, the most important reason why we run Zen, mm -hmm. like with my team, is, is what you told me, like back in the COVID, how we helped you. And I was like selfishly trying to get that on the record so that I could listen again with my team and say, see, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. So during the COVID pandemic, I truthfully don't know how we would have operated at our capacities that we did um, without you guys. Um, you know, there were many scary moments where lots of offices were um, restricted on ordering quantities and you know, there was just a lot of limitations and availability and a lot of distributors were, you know, capping us on like 10 boxes of gloves. And for a practice of our size, you know, we have 100 employees and we see 100 patients a day at just one office. Um, that's kind of alarming. And as the person that oversees all of our ordering, I couldn't help but think, like, how are we going to make it through this? Like, we have the patient demand you know our patients while many were fearful of covid were also off of work or working from home and a lot more flexible and i mean those are some of our busiest months and to be you know restricted on our How many order, gloves you can buy right ridiculous um seemed you know scary and alarming and I would just reach out to your team and they would take care of it for me. And maybe we did order only 10 boxes of gloves from 15 different distributors, but you guys made sure that we were fully supplied with whatever we needed. I felt like there were, there was so much work behind the scenes that truthfully, I'm sure you haven't even gotten the credit for, um, to, with all of the, you know, investigation on how many um, supplies we could order from one distributor um, cost, because costs were so high. Um, I think even at one point you guys were the customer to be able to order in bulk and then you distributed from there. And I just know that without your guys's effort, like we wouldn't have been able to operate as seamlessly as we did. Um, and like, at that same time, keeping our costs as low as possible during this pandemic when everything was more expensive. So thank you. Can I tell you a story? Sure. Remember those bulk orders mm -hmm. we did? So it started out from 
wow, the mask, like a regular level one mask. Mm -hmm. What was it, like $4 a mask? Yeah. You're like, whoa. And then can 95 450 Whoa. Like N95, $6 for a mask. Yeah. N95. And I'm like, okay, so all the officers are trying to place orders with Darby and this and that. And then during that time, I get on a call with people because everybody's trying to do something, right? And so we're like on the call and there's one guy. He's like, look, I got access to masks at $4 for N95s, $3.50 key N95s. I was like, this is like a dollar, two dollars cheaper than what y'all are buying for. I'm like, all right, let me get on it. So we did, and we did some work and due diligence as much as we could. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, all right, we should probably do a bulk order for our offices. So we got prices, let's just say 350 for KN95, and we listed at 350 for all of our offices. And we we're like, hey, we're not going to make any money on this. We're not interested. We want you to be open. And obviously, my our selfish part was for you to be open so that you can pay subscriptions, all we wanted to do, right? So like, if you're not open, you have less like likelihood of paying subscriptions. That's how we wanted to stay in business, to do that work for you to get the supplies in. And mm -hmm. we weren't interested in making money on supplies. And so we got together and we did this whole thing with like bulk order. I still remember it was around April 15th, April 20th, actually, we were putting it together in 2020. Mm -hmm. And then my friends and I, somehow we escaped Chicago and we went to Michigan. We rented a house for a week for our group of friends. We all got tested and negative and all that. And so we went to the, the house and we're all chilling and I'm working. Everybody's having fun and I'm just like, all right, I got six items, this bulk order. We're getting ready to send an email. And we only needed like $50,000 worth of orders to submit. And then April 24th, I still remember we sent an email, April 25th, all these, we send a spreadsheet where people go in and send us requests. So it wasn't like you were paying, you were just sending requests. And by end of April 25th, we had like close to $200,000 worth of requests that came in. And I'm sitting thinking, I don't even have that much money in the bank account. Because to me, it's like you trusting me, and if something goes wrong, I'm gonna have to pay you back. Like, I can't tell you, like, hey, the shipment got lost in China. I'm sorry, you're out of, you know, five or ten. Or some offices submitted, like, $30,000 worth of requests. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I lost your money. I can't do that. So $200,000, it was a lot of money. I didn't have that much money sitting on the bank. So I called some of the offices with large orders. I'm like, what do we do? They're like, just go ahead and do it. And I felt so much responsibility for those orders. Like I drove to Pennsylvania from Michigan to make sure the people we are buying with, I actually wanted to meet them. I wanted to see the warehouse. <laughs> then the Show people- Show me the stock. <laughs> right. Before, uh, and it's actually it was shipping from China. So I wanted, I almost flew to China to be honest with you <laughs> because I was so worried about this. And then, then we started processing payments. Then our credit card processor got freaked out and they, they froze close to $90,000 worth yeah. of money for like almost 10 or 15 days. Because they're like, this is a fraud. You've never done this much transactions. Right. We're going to flag it. Then magically I got money. I don't even remember all the details, but somehow I got the money. And then my Chase Bank froze our account because it was too much. And then I was trying to do a wire transfer to these people to send the money. That got frozen. So... By the time it made it to U.S. and started shipping to our offices, it was late. We promised June 1st. 
It was late. It was like June 10th. It's probably faster still than the rest of the distributors. Yes. Um, the other thing, just like on the platform, I felt like you guys, there's so much back work that your people have to do to keep those inventories yeah. and discontinued or back ordered. Like that's a lot of work. And I just always felt like it was accurate. I mean, it's very rare that we would submit orders and then be told like, hey, that's not available. And I just know it's because your people on the ground was, you know, they were doing all of that. So, but can you tell you something here quick on this? Yeah. Like just to finish the story, there was one office that called and they were so upset that they were late. Yeah. Oh. And I can understand, right? Sure. Like if you were treating us as any of these big distributors, you would, right? Sure. All these big companies, but it was literally just me driving around trying to get all these orders fulfilled. And and at that point, I got so like emotional, I guess, from all the stress that I just basically told the person everything we had to go through to get this done. And I said, and on top of it, you know how much money we made? They're like, how much? I'm like, we actually paid for me to drive and all this work and your price stayed the same. So we're not taking any cuts or anything. She was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to be rude. I'm like, but I totally get it. Where are you coming from? It's just, I want you to understand where we come from. Sure. And so it was like one office out of like 60 or 70. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. It, feel, it felt really good not to make money at that point. I feel like that is one major component about why I love working with you. It's just, I, I know. Um, and I know that this is the first time we've met in person and had lengthy conversations, but I just know that you come from a good place and like ethically you're doing um, the right thing and that you want to see us succeed mm -hmm. and see, you know, obviously, yes, your gr business grow, but through the growth of our own business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So thank you. Um, it really does mean a lot and it makes you know, myself who makes these decisions for our practice feel confident in those decisions, knowing that I'm supporting, um, you know, business like yours and um, that has those ethics. So it means a lot. That's amazing. And it's so much fun to work with you. It's like every time you would call, I would try to get on a call with you and you would message and try to get on a call. And before you meet someone, you, you probably have like a I don't know, you probably have the, the opinion what this person looks like or like, you know, what they would do and what they would say and things like that. And it's, you know, it's always the first time you get on a call, you're like, hi, I'm going to talk to Elizabeth and we're going to solve this. And you're very straight to the point, which is so awesome. You're like, I need this and I need this tomorrow. I need this to get done. Were you always like that? I think so. I, um, I'm an Enneagram 3. And that means that I want to succeed in everything I do. Uh, literally, the thing that drives me in my life is winning. And um, for anybody listening, if you haven't taken the Enneagram, you have to take it. It's pretty awesome just to learn about yourself and how you operate. Um, but I've always been like that. I also don't like to waste time on things. I don't like to waste other people's time. So honestly, it means a lot you taking the time out of your day to, you know, come visit, kind of see what we're doing and 
make things better for us um, and just, you know, help us grow. But I, yeah, I just don't like wasting people's time. And um, hopefully my directness never came off as rude. That's never my intention. Um, just business, you know. Um, but I just like to be efficient. And honestly, that's a huge reason on why we use Zen is to be more efficient, to save money, to make our practice more profitable. And if we can cut out all of the things that consume our time um, through manual ordering and, um, you know, investigation to find the cheapest prices with multiple distributors, et cetera. Like, yeah, I'm going to choose the more efficient option, which is definitely Zen. So that's amazing. Makes sense. You know? Right. Comes full circle. Right. And now you guys are at three offices that are on Zen and then Yes. total like five or six yeah so we just onboarded the fourth last week and then um our fifth office we will be onboarding probably next week and then we're opening another office in october so that will be six within this year and then a couple more next year that's amazing yeah. who is part of the team to acquire new offices or build new offices so Dr. Rusnak, you know, manages our practices and um, he's kind of, you know, our visionary, seeks out new locations and um, really plays the part in choosing those new offices and locations. Um, and then our regional director of operations, Lindsay, she assists him in that. And then Leslie, our marketing director, um, she is the person behind the scenes that really does all the like work finding you know market uh territory like data to be able to present um so we can get these new offices she just does so much work for it and then once we've secured the location leslie and i work together to really design it build it um implement the river run model into these practices uh for us it's super important that we're just not you know, adding new practices to our brand name um, to grow, but to do with it, do it with intention and to make sure that each office is able to provide the river run experience. Um, that's what's most important to us. You know, so having things like Zen um, and just the way we operate is super important because we like things to be consistent. All of our practices are within, I'm going to say, an hour of each other. So our staff rotates a lot and we want things to be as seamless between every location. Um, so regardless of where they're working, it's easy for them. They know where to find things. They know what the process is for, you know, supply, uh, inventory and management. Um, but yeah, Leslie is the one who actually heard you guys on a podcast five years ago and sent it to me and was like, hey, have you heard of this? We should look into it. Um, she is very, very much, um, you know, a huge, huge part of our success. And I just can't say enough about how much she does for us but you know it's just simple things like this like connecting us and researching vendors that can help us out and you guys are definitely one of them that's amazing next time i should meet her yes we should all go out yes she's actually on vacation this week so i'm you know sending her good vibes but and i'm i'm doing my best to not 
not to reach out to her while she's on vacation. She needs it, right? Right. Unplug and reset. I need her to come back ready. So right. I'm not bothering her. So you were here when River One was only one location. Yes. And we were Rusnak Family Dentistry then. Wow. Yes. So do you think having now five or six offices, five offices, do you think it's easier to have from a staff standpoint to have five offices than one? Uh, you know, it's very, in, that's an interesting question. Um, I would, I would say from my perspective, probably not. I think sometimes it's easier to have one. I, what I love about it, I love growth. Growth is really important to me. Um, we are able to offer a lot of opportunities for our people. You know, I started with Roosnack Family Dentistry as a hygienist, seeing patients full time. And uh, my position has evolved where now I no longer am, you know, a hygienist. Yeah, clinical. Um, And I oversee all of our clinical operations. And that's really neat. Like, I have a very unique role. Um, I am very thankful for that role. But there's no way I would have been able to have this role if we were not growing. And um, you know, remaining stagnant. So it's super exciting. I love being able to offer these opportunities and watch our people grow into those as well. Um, I think, you know, with the right leadership and the right people in place, having multiple offices is doable. Um, but like I said, what's important to us is that, you know, we're not just adding numbers, but really creating new offices that offer the same experience um, that we're able to offer from that, you know, home base office. Um, and as you grow and add more people, especially at the rate we're doing, that's what gets challenging. Um, so right now it doesn't feel easy for sure, but it hopefully will, you know. Right. And what official role you have now? My official title is clinical director, but... As you know, with any growing business, as you create new levels of leadership and new roles, you kind of just are like, what should we call you now? And that's what we came up with. So, right. Yeah. That's amazing. What would you recommend? Let's just say somebody in your shoes at a dental office as a dental assistant or hygienist. They have the ambition to grow. And maybe not necessarily within their practice, right? It's possible that not all practices are growing. There are some practices that are just comfortable where they at what characteristics would you look for if you would start all over again to find that opportunity that you know it's going to grow yeah so right now is the time to propel your career i would say you know after covid you know they call it the great resignation people are job hopping all over and there are so many opportunities for a new position um and it isn't just about going to a new dental practice and making a dollar more or having like a little bit more flexible schedule I think that now would be the perfect time to interview the people that you are interviewing with. Really ask them what their goals are. Um, See if they have a five-year goal in place and see what they're motivated by. Um, As most of you guys know, if 
a practice does want to grow, they're going to have goals in place that are measurable and they're going to have action items in place to achieve those goals. So even challenging the person that's interviewing you, asking them those questions, I think is super important. I would never take a job without asking those questions anymore because I want to know those things. I want to know that I'm working for a practice that is intentional about what they're doing every day. Um, because that's what drives me, though. It's what motivates right. me. Um, and if you're just randomly throwing a dart at a target every day with no clear focus, like you're likely to miss every time. But if they and they don't have to be big goals, they don't have to be river runs goals to open up multiple practices in the next year. It could be something small, like our daily production goal is X Y Z. You know. Um, so I just think like getting clarity on that, like finding someone whose values and morals and you know goals align with yours is super important. And now's the time to do that. How would you ask those questions? Not to come off too aggressive. Right. <laughs> um, like, can you give an example of these questions? Like how would you ask? Like if you would be applying with sure. Dr. Raznick again. Yeah. Like imagine he's sitting, how would you ask these questions? Sure. Um, it could be something as, you know, really simple. Like where do you see your practice in five years? What opportunities do you create for growth in your practice? Or can you give me an example of somebody that has grown in roles within your practice? Because that might even be like, you know, someone who answers the phone is now a treatment coordinator, something, you know, smaller scale. But you want to know that you're working for someone that wants to also see their team succeed, and they're going to do that by creating goals and growing their practice. Um, it could also look like, do you guys talk about production? Do you talk about goals? I think in dental especially, um, there's a very fine balance between the feeling of being forced to sell dentistry and sell products. and you know, truly valuing what you have to offer your patients and um, like realizing that dentistry, like we're in healthcare and our focus should be on providing comprehensive dentistry or whatever specialty we have to offer to our patients at the best capacity that we can and offering that to our patients. Um, and where we succeed is how much intention we put on educating, right, informing, um, utilization of tools that we have at our fingertips to, you know, make the patient experience better so that they understand why they need this treatment. I mean, we're all in this business to help patients with their health. And I think sometimes when you do talk about goals, it's very much misled, like, oh, they're just trying to sell dentistry or they just want me to hit this number and they lose focus. But really, you can do both and you can be really successful at it. Um, but, you know, for us, like we want to grow to be able to help more patients and to be able to create opportunities for our team members. And we can only do that through the growth that we're, you know, reaching for. Um, otherwise, the positions, there's a cap, right? Um, and we don't want that. And we want to serve all of Richmond. I mean, we have a very clear vision statement for our practice. And part of that is like leaving a lasting legacy on the Richmond community. And I hope one day we revise it to like even broaden that area. So um, 
Yeah, I think those are just some simple questions that you can ask that won't come across as aggressive, you know? And if the doctor or practice manager that you are interviewing with seems put off by those questions, it's probably not a practice that you want to work for if you want to see growth in your own life. Um, I think it just, you know, really depends on the person and what you're looking for in the practice that you work for. And your career path is, is pretty cool. You started as a dental assistant. Yeah. And I, like, wanted to be a dentist. It didn't work out for me. I just kind of um, got a bad taste in my mouth after working in a couple not-so-great offices for doctors who didn't like being dentists themselves. Um, I want to hear those stories off the record. Yeah. They're rough. Rough. Um, but, you know, I think anything that you know you put intention to and that you invest in like it's very rare that you invest in things especially when it's effort and energy and intention you regret doing and i think just finding someone with integrity and knowing that you're working for someone with that integrity you know means all the difference and right now it's a uh, perfect timing yeah. For dental assistants and hygienists to find that practice. Sure. That, that would be super valuable. Yeah. Um, you know, the market is very scarce. Uh, I would love to hire some hygienists. So if anyone wants to relocate to the Richmond area, come on down. We're hiring because obviously we're growing. Um, but, yeah, it's a tough market. And, you know, as a hygienist, but even just as a dental professional, now is the time to set the parameters on like what you want to see patient care. If you don't ethically believe in, you know, things that your practice is doing, you should really consider like looking at alternatives. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we are doing dentistry and patients are hard, right? Schedules are hard. Time is always going to be a barrier. But if you can find an office that you feel supported in, you know that your values align and, you know, you just have a team that is fun to be around and you enjoy going to work every day, then, you know, that's the dream, right? Right. We all want to be happy with where we're going every day. So, you know, I think that's super important. What do you think the next uh, five years would look like for River Run? We actually have a very large goal in place uh, to open hopefully two practices in a, uh, a year for the next five years. Um, so River Run will be, you know, a lot larger, at least doubled in size, um, at least. So I think it's uh, double, yeah. yeah, triple, triple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing the math. Too. Right. Wait. <laughs> yeah, ten more offices, so tripled. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How do you think your role will evolve? Man, um, it's hard to say, but I really hope that there is a strong leadership team behind me supporting me and I'm supporting them um, just because, one, those are new opportunities and we can see our people grow. But two, it's going to take a lot of teamwork and um, strong people to execute that and just know that um, our patient experience is, you know, being cascaded amongst all of those offices. So hopefully much bigger decisions, less small things on my plate, but 
I have to release control of a lot of things, and right. that can be hard, hard. sometimes. It's hard. I know. I know. I just hope that I would still be able to get a hold of you. I know. Right? It would be like Reach Elizabeth. my secretary. secretary. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Talk to my associate or not uh, my assistant. <laughs> yeah. To schedule the time. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. How do you how do you unplug? Oh, um, so I've actually really set some hard boundaries for myself in this last year. Um, I really protect my time. So outside of work, you know, I try not to check my work email and respond to work related things until I'm back in the office. Um, I love going to the gym and I love running. And that is my like release time. Um, kind of, I start every morning, 5am every single day at the gym, even if I'm off, um, because 5am we open at 630. So sometimes I have to be wow. there then. Yeah. And I will tell you, there is a lot of discipline that is required to do that every day, even on the days that you're off of work. And even that, weekends, even weekends, I might go a little later, but I still go every weekend. But um, I think it's so healthy, like moving your body, having that physical release, you know, living a healthy lifestyle is something that. It's just so important for you, like your mental clarity, and it just makes you healthier, right? And um, all of that is contagious, and um, it just will, you'll succeed in many areas of your life if you have that discipline. Um, so that's one way I'm plugged. But I think just, you know, scheduling time, um, literally just as you treat your work calendar and having intention by putting appointments and things like that on it, having a personal, you know, calendar for setting time aside, um, plugging, not responding to things like, but you're the only one that can set those boundaries and maintain them, um, for yourself. So it, it just takes discipline and sometimes it's hard, you know, and making those hard decisions is it just gives you more choices later on and more flexibility, even though it feels hard. So, but it's probably like you do one hard thing in the morning. <laughs> like I always think about it, right? Like I work out at six thirty, and it's I wake up at five thirty mm -hmm. to get there. But I do want to get up at five, and especially now listening to you, I'm like I think I'm gonna think You're of like, you and no challenge excuses. myself. Right? Yeah. I'll text you. I'm out. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> and it's like. When it's difficult to do this, is like you only force yourself to do one thing. Just put on shoes. Right. Get in a car. Yep. Get there. Yeah. I agree. I wake up late sometimes, of course. Um, and even if I only have, I love to work out for an hour and a half, at least an hour, like an hour's That's why you're in golden. shape. I'm trying. Um, but... Even if it's only 40 minutes, I still go because I'm like, 40 minutes is better than zero minutes and it gets my body moving. It wakes me up, gets my whole day started. And like you said, like if you start the day with something hard, nothing is going to be harder than the four miles you just ran or the, you know, weight you just lifted. That's hard, right? So hopefully everything else seems much easier throughout your day. Um... You know what we should do? What? I have this crazy idea. I don't know if it's possible, but I feel that 
especially talking with you, it's possible. You know these dental conferences? Mm -hmm. It's such a, like, especially now the older I get, it's less interested I'm in in, like, going. Because primarily, during the day you sit in the room, you do nothing. Right. Or you listen to people. And then during the evening, it's a dinner and, uh, and everybody goes to drink. Yeah. What if we flip that? And we make a different type of conference where we wake everybody up at five. Yes. You go for a run. Like it could be 10, 20 people attending the conference, right? And then you come in, you don't do coffee or like do something like, I don't know, some smoothie or something. like. Mm -hmm. And then you start with like a yoga session at eight o'clock in the morning, you know? And then you slowly get at nine o'clock into like learning something, but make it like TED Talk style, 25 minutes okay. max and then out the yeah. next one. And that's it. Like a couple of days of that, get your CEs. In the evening, you're like go for a run, like a, or trail, or like if you do something like in Colorado or like yeah, even Phoenix, Scottsdale have like amazing trails and like stuff like that. Definitely. Or by the beach where you can do like surfing. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Or snowing, like in in yes, Park City, Utah. Yes, skiing, snowboarding. Do both. Like finish at three o'clock and then hit the slopes. Yeah, and if you can't do those, you can sled. Or right. ride a tube. We just watch other people's key. Yeah. On the slope. Exactly. Right. We should try that. We should. Yeah. Are we going to host this? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Let's do it. That'd be awesome. I agree. I have some friends coming in town for Labor Day, and that's what we're doing. We're running a 10K together. We're going to do a glow. Um, it's like at night. Um, it's going to be super fun. But we were trying to think of... You know, Richmond has a lot of breweries. We're known for them. And we're trying to stay away from drinking so much and focusing on our health. And that's what we decided to do instead. So that's what we're doing. Would you drink after you finish 10K? Maybe. Cool. That's awesome. That's the <laughs> yes. balance. Yeah, we talked about going to sushi and, you know, sake's usually involved. So maybe. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, I think all of those things, you know, choosing to do the hard things, like you're never going to regret that later. Um, but, you know, I like as a leader within my practice, I want to be that disciplined like can and people look up to you right so you probably have yeah. dental assistants and hygienists yeah that I'm, want to be like elizabeth i i hope so right. i hope that i'm you know motivating them um just through my actions right i think leadership is not about your title it's not about managing people it's truly by demonstrating your your goals and like your intention behind them and that discipline and, and that's what it is. And that's how you lead people, like showing that you are disciplined and that you're striving to be better for yourself and for your team. And that's infectious, you know. So I hope my team feels that way. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> um, probably like one of the last questions. Why do you love dentistry? I kind of touched on this a little bit, but, you know, I think... Uh, the longer you get into practice, it's easier to forget, but we are healthcare providers. Um, I think COVID did a really great job, you know, um, 
highlighting how hard our nurses work and how much they sacrifice. And I mean, I, I am not even comparing the two. I know what they were doing was very unique and very hard. Um, but I do feel like more light should be shed on the, you know, total body you know, and oral health connection and that we're healthcare providers. And the reason why we all show up every day is to provide a healthcare service. It's not here to sell products or sell fluoride or, you know, push things on people, but because we're fighting a disease and many of these health issues manifest in the mouth and we're able to diagnose and um, you know, refer patients out for further evaluation at earlier stages because we see patients more frequently than their doctors do. Um, and, you know, just remembering, like, we're valuable and what we are offering our patients is so important to their overall health. Um, but I, I love teeth. I mean, I went into dentistry because I truly am very meticulous. I like to pick at things. My mom always told me, like, this is the perfect job for you. I think that's what initially got me interested. But obviously what keeps me motivated and, um, like, centered is that, you know, we are providing such a valuable service. And if we can do it in a way that, you know, we strive to at River Run by creating a different experience and making it a little bit more comfortable so patients want to come back and they do come back. And we have great team members that, um, you know, also create those relationships that builds trust. Like any, anytime you work in an environment like that, like how motivating is that? I just, I love it and um, yeah, that's why I love dentistry. <laughs> would you convince your kids to go into dentistry? Oh, that's tough. Um, yes, I would. My daughter already, she's five, um, has already shown many signs that she would be a fantastic hygienist. Of course, the winner in me is like, okay, you got to go full on, be a dentist or a surgeon or something. So definitely. Um, my son, he's only three. I'm still figuring him out. He seems very um special right now so we'll see what what route he takes but um yeah if that's what they want to do i will support them and encourage them um <laughs> but yeah i think dentistry is a great career path and honestly that's one of my favorite things about my role is being able to help anyone that joins our practice whether it's at the very entry level or someone with many many years of experience like see their opportunity and help them achieve bigger goals if they have them it's amazing. I love it. It's so cool that you have a career path. I always talk about it with um, our offices at Zen that um, it's our job as a profession to make each position within a dental practice a career path. Mm -hmm. We can't treat front desk or dental assistants as like a temporary McDonald's type of job. Right. For a minimum wage. You work and you get out. So if we want long-lasting relationships and the team members that are going to stick around for a long time, we need to have a career path. That's right. And so it's amazing that the, the push in the last couple of years has been in that direction to define those roles, define the path within a single practice for the team members to be able to grow. Right. We, that's something that we've actually been like working on for a while is just developing the different 
you know, levels. There's so many different levels and skill sets and, um, you know, just trying to put that on paper to show, you know, potential team members or team members that there is potential opportunity for that. Um, it takes a lot of development because I don't ever want to roll something out and not have clarity. I want it to be very clear, like, okay, like, here's your opportunity and this is what it means to get there. Um, but I agree with you, like, it just because you don't hold a degree or, you know, make X amount of money doesn't mean it's not a career because it is. And um, I, I just love that you talk about that and that, you know, anytime we can challenge like our offices and ourselves um, to look outside like a normal, okay, you know, five position dental practice, like is so important because you want people to right. be here. And you're a great example of that. You can start as a dental assistant, you can start at a minimum wage. But that essentially grows to clinical director. Yeah. And that's what, in four years? I've been here seven, but only transitioning away from patient care for probably the last four, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Obviously it takes the right office to find and sure. find the right leadership and you've done a great job, I guess, asking Dr. Rosnick all these questions. Yeah, no, um, he's a great, visionary he's always had goals it's always been clear and um, without his vision like we wouldn't have grown and I like I said I'm so thankful for this opportunity and that he believes in me and trusts me to help him execute this vision um, there's something very powerful behind that and um, like I said I'm, I'm just really thankful for the opportunity that's amazing we should interview him as well. I know. Imagine we do a podcast <laughs> with Leslie. And Dr. Rusnak. Oh, my goodness. That would be so cool. Yeah. We should do it next time. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you. You're welcome.